You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. Today we talk to Lincoln Quillam. Lincoln is an engineer, but that's not all he does. He's also the founder of the Kenyani Mountain Run here in Tasmania. I would also call him after this episode an explorer and an adventurer in a big way, which you'll hear about when you listen to this episode. He's really passionate about connecting with nature and community through trail running. I just loved this episode and I hope that you enjoy listening to Lincoln's philosophies around trail running and community as much as I do bringing it to you. Enjoy. Today on Fit Mind Fit Body, I am really excited to introduce you all to Lincoln Quillam. Hello, Lincoln. How are you? Hi, Michelle. Yeah, great to be with you. I'm very excited to talk to you because I only just did a run, one of your events, which was punishing. (laughs) but really fun. And actually everyone, I talked to some people even during the run and we'll get into that a bit later, but who said, I'm never doing this again. Cause they were, you know, in a world of pain. And then I spoke to them only this weekend, like seven days later. And they're like, yeah, I can't wait till we can sign up again. So it's amazing how the effect that's <laughs> too things. fun. Yeah. I know. To be like having a child. It's like, I'm never doing this again. And then you, anyway, for a woman, <laughs> and then you go back yeah. and do it again and again. See, it's kind of weird. Um, anyway, let's start with, where did you grow up? Lincoln, let's get a bit of background. Yeah, well, I grew up on the foothills of Kanani, uh, Mount Wellington here in Hobart, <clears throat> uh, in the Waterworks Valley. So just down from the reserve and, uh, you know, had the creek in the backyard and the bush directly across the um, across that creek and and the rest of the mountain uh, goes on from there. So I, that, that was my playground growing up was, um, was, was, was Kanani. Um, <clears throat> but then... Then I moved away, um, joined the army uh, when I was seventeen, and yep. then lived ev- lived and worked everywhere else for for twenty years um, uh, in a variety of careers. But uh, just came back to to Hobart a couple of years ago, and you know it was always a matter of when, not if, to yeah. to move home, and so yep. stoked to be home. And um, yeah, it's uh, looking out on the mountain right now, and it's. Uh, just so amazing we're so lucky to have uh this this amazing mountain um and all the tracks and trails on our doorstep here in Hobart it's like being in like I grew up on King Island so a long way away from Mount Kenyani but um not that far it's like some people listen to this podcast from the other part of the world not just in Tasmania believe it or not um so we are talking about a mountain that is uh in Hobart at the bottom end of Tasmania but I had not been on some of those trails when we did that run the other day and I've never been to waterwork stuff either like through that I went I said to my husband why did you tell me all this is here it's amazing um it was just incredible to to be able to explore it all on foot and you know not just be on roads and cars and things and be able to to really be grounded in that space I really thoroughly enjoyed it but to hear that that's where you grew up it's like whoa what that's amazing 
Yeah, and and as soon as I um, moved home, I was like, hang on. So apparently now I'm a trail runner um, after after growing up whitewater rafting and bushwalking and then um, backcountry snowboarding and alpine climbing. It ended up being a, a trail runner um, or fell into it when I lived in PNG for five years, which is oh, the most wow. recent place I, I lived before moving home. <clears throat> um, yeah, came home, was like, right, where's the epic trail running festival that is – you know that we really should have on on you know the mountain overlooking Hobart, the only the only mountain capital city in Australia, um, and there wasn't one. So hence you know the Kanani Mountain Run um, idea uh, was kind of born inside me. Anyway, a, a few other event organisers had uh, had looked at it and tried to or put some work into getting an event up on the mountain. And there were, um, you know, sort of local scale or smaller scale trail running on uh, events on the mountain and, and a series particularly started in 2019, which we now um, operate as well. But uh, definitely it's the first um, or KMR is the first event of, of a national or even international scale. We had had a handful of internationals this year on the mountain and, um, yeah, it was super stoked to, to share it with, with everyone. It was awesome. All right. Before we get into that event, let's go back a little bit and find out a little bit more about you and sport in your life. What was it like oh. as a child? Were you were you into sport when you were at school? No, no, no. I'm not sporty at all. Um, I'm an adventure guy. Like, yeah. you know, I was always able to run and, you know, did okay in, in cross countries until um, like cross country runs until people who were more uh, interested in winning would cut me off at the finish line and stuff like this. And, you know, and I, I was never into team sports, pretty hopeless with a ball, all that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, always keen for adventures and out in the bush, yeah, rafting, uh, bushwalking, climbing, all that sort of thing. So um, yeah, I've, I've come into uh, the running scene now from, from a completely different yeah. space than, than most people seem to. I mean, yeah, this I reckon there's two different streams. Yep. I'm definitely from the adventure stream or yep. bushwalking sort of mm-hmm. uh, adventure stream compared to, um, you know, uh, sports type of uh, runners. You know, have come from the yeah. track or, or or road running into into trail running. But um, yeah. So you would have had a fair like in well adventure, I guess, joining the the army, like you said, that's that's an adventurous type of thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but um, that was a bit of an outlet for some of the adventurous spirit. Mm-hmm. It didn't really create it, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, the amazing, the epic landscapes that we've got here in Tassie and across the, the world, that, that is the driver. Um, and exploration, I've got this, you know, this aspect of myself that I need to see what's down that little road there or down what's, what's down there, what's over there, what's over, over that hill. hill? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so when I go for um, for runs, uh, like let's not call them training runs because I don't really do yeah. any training as such, but um, that, that capital T word turns me off psychologically. But when I go for a run, it's always, it has to be an exploration. It has to, you know, always go down somewhere new or try something, try linking up new things. Like you'll never catch me just running the same thing um over and over again i don't have a local loop that's for sure 
unless it's with people. If I've committed to people, then okay, yeah, I'll, 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 then um, that's the thing. Yeah. So when did well, or did it ever become like I now run or I now do a trail running? Was there a thing that started you? Like obviously, you know, you've alluded to quite a an exciting adventurous. Uh, past in your work and and everything like you're traveling and, and exploring and things when did running become a part of that where you could see it was you know like an every day or every week kind of thing yeah cool well um I've never really well, I've never been a pro athlete or anything like that right. I've never done much of uh, um adventure sports for work except for small dabbles into whitewater raft guiding um you know back in early 20s and um <clears throat> and snowboard instructing and stuff like that um, but only dabbles <clears throat> and it's really like I'm an engineer by trade and um, oh, okay. uh, and was in Europe for a while on exchange studying but then also working on super yachts and uh, uh, anyway that the, I you know backcountry snowboarding was definitely the thing you know hiking and um, or you know side country getting to the, the gnarliest lines I could bear to throw myself down sort of thing and and there was no hike that was too far if the if the line just looked absolutely amazing um but then moved to sydney after you know having some epic snow in europe and the us moved to sydney and you know um the snow fields from sydney are just a bit far away and the quality and all that sort of stuff just wasn't really there after the amazing experiences overseas so um uh, still frothing on mountains but it's shifted to alpine climbing <laughs> where you know ice and mixed climbing and yeah. um uh bigger mountains and that's sort of, and that that shift that was actually climbed mont blanc just with a couple of mates the highest mountain in um in western europe mm -hmm. in i don't know 20 2008 <laughs> yeah and um uh, and so in sydney was uh was 100 on the climbing train um uh from you know what 2010 or something like that uh i was pretty hopeless on rock to be honest but uh it was all just training for the alpine mm -hmm. and uh yeah had a, had a couple of solid seasons uh in 2015 2016 over in new zealand uh and then peru climbing with the new zealand alpine team and um wow. and that sort of thing uh that was kind of short-lived as i moved to uh, papua new guinea around the same time mm -hmm. and there's no snow no there's no, sort of mountains but definitely no uh, developed climbing and very few partners and very challenging land access so so all of those passions of snowboarding and alpine climbing it evaporated because i didn't have a playground to practice in really so so why did I, you go to papua new guinea did you say that earlier what was oh, it? that was for work. Yeah. So a work of the challenging work opportunity mm -hmm. came up um, in the engineering space. And so yep. just jumped at it, you know, it's a, mm. an experience of a lifetime. It sure was. So anyway, I was just, um, I was there running for health, right. And yep. um, there was a local hill there um, that had some serious vert in it and, and it was a cool, cool trail and cool views. And so I was running that a fair bit. And then the Kokoda track is there, obviously famous, yeah. famous track has to be done. So um, I did that in four days the first time. And then um, some mates, uh, you know, wanted me to go with them for a three day effort. So, so I did that and then was like, right, well, 
let's take the next step and do it single push. So it's 96K and 6,000 metres vert, uh, vertical. And uh, so me and another mate that was in PNG and then a, a La Spativa athlete at the, at the time uh, came over from Australia. And we weren't, we weren't there to run us. It was just yeah. a single hike uh, with yeah. a couple of local guides. But anyway, we got into it and, uh, you know, um, my mate from PNG, he, he was psyched out. It just wasn't working for him. And so his, his body was shutting down and all this, you know, sort of stuff. So he had to, um, he made the decision to turn around after eight hours and we, we hadn't gone very far. And so that was one of the guides and, and he went out. And then uh, overnight, um, you know, we fell asleep a couple of times whilst refilling water and uh, only got woken up because we were wet and cold <laughs> and kept going. Anyway, got, got to breakfast time, had, uh, had only gone like a third of the way in two thirds of the time or something like that. Oh, we, wow. we, we wanted to get through it in under 30 hours. And uh, we we're like, well, we're going to have to get a move on. So I just started running. <laughs> and basically trail ran the rest of the Kokoda track, obviously, you know, running the flats and downs yeah, and, and yeah. hiking the hills. Sounds like and, my adventures. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and got there in 29 and a half hours. And that was the light bulb moment of, oh, wow. so I just kind of half ran 96Ks and 6,000 metres bird in just under 30 hours. Never done anything like it before. And then immediately I'm like, oh, all those, oh, the overland track and all those multi-day bushwalks in Tassie, I can, I can just go and run them. Oh, oh, that would be amazing. oh wow, exactly. <laughs> so ding, there it was. And not that I called myself a runner then, and I still, well, I guess I do um, consider myself a runner now, but um, that was the moment that, wow, the world just opened up. The view frame of, I can, you know, have big long traverses single push and in a day light and agile through the bush it's it's just such an amazing feeling that that reach that you suddenly can feel yourself look at a map and you're like i can actually get from there to there without being weighed down with a whole heap all of, the other stuff you know, that light packing kind of thing so yeah so it is actually like because obviously you can walk all of those things so in your mind, it was that ability to be able to traverse them in a faster way and therefore have more adventure because you could do more of them because you could do them quicker, I suppose. I'm just trying to think of the logical steps that you would go through. Yeah, well, um, you know, I've always wanted to and intended to come and do more multi-day bushwalks, but time just <laughs> is a challenge. And mates who have time to do these as well is a, is a big challenge. So that that you know being able to do things in in, in a day just yeah. came like a really powerful and cool thing to do but then also the feeling of just being not weighed down and super agile you know and skipping across the top of things that um, otherwise you'd be bogged down and going super slow if you had a heavy pack on so so where did you go from there did you what trail runs did you start thinking oh are there trail runs that I can, I don't know, sign up to? Or was it more when I get home, I'm going to do that more? Or how did you think? What was the process? Yeah, you were it was um, so the Cradle Mountain Run. Yeah. I'd heard of that previously. and um, But the uh, the qualifiers and that were 
um, stringent and um, obviously it's a it's a process to mm-hmm. get ready even for one of those qualifiers and commit and yeah. travel and do it and all this sort of thing um, and so I even though I really wanted to one day I knew it was a it was a life goal run cradle mountain run at some point it was too far out of reach yeah. until that moment finishing the Kokoda track I'm like wow, okay so right let's go do the cradle mountain run now and and so then pretty quickly um you know decided on a on a qualifier which was uta 50 in in 2018 and uh finally did cradle mountain run in um what was it 2020 i think covid year oh actually it would have been just before covid anyway wouldn't it if it was 2020 because it's earlier in the year before covid it is yeah yeah it was february early february but um yeah, no, the events are great and that's it's awesome that, you know, the community comes together and uh, and it's a celebration really of, of the community and of, of, of people's, um, you know, training and, um, and months of, of work for them to, um, to, to, you know, have a good crack at, at, um, at, a, at a solid performance. But um, Wilderness Adventures, with a small group of mates are just so amazing, so powerful and um, can can be a lot less stressful unless mm-hmm. things yeah. get a bit tricky. So, I mean, I, I, I love the wilderness adventures and so, um, and FKTs are, are an interesting um, thing and there's heaps of opportunity there. So I've, I've um, uh, you know, jumped on a or, or created a couple there of of interest so penguin to cradle trail um was one and then um precipitous bluff uh in the southwest and then out via the south coast track uh is another that was a that was a real serious one <clears throat> i wouldn't recommend it to anyone <laughs> that was that was a lot of type two fun and a little bit of type three fun um so yeah no uh, it was good to good to get home after that one. That filled or filled or emptied the adventure bucket for a while. So explain, explain to people before we get into some of that craziness. Um, if uh, I know what that means, um, but uh, FKT. So explain to people what it means. I've only been mentioned on no, the podcast a couple of times. So, so F, FK, FKT stands for fastest known time. So it's a concept. And it's recorded on a website. Oh, and and so any route, any you know noteworthy route. And so you know it's born out of the US really with some of their massive transcontinental trails and and the like. Um, uh, and also um, similarly, but uh, the the rounds in the UK. So the, the Bob Graham round and the Tanta round in in Scotland and the like mm-hmm. of people you know doing these massive efforts in as fast a time as, as possible. Um, and for me, it's it's really just traversing the landscape, drawing an amazing, you know, the, the sexiest line I can draw <laughs> on, on the landscape and then throwing myself into it and seeing if the landscape will let me, uh, um, you know, uh, have a play safely because, you know, it's... Um, it's uh, certainly not about conquering. It's about, you know, understanding the landscape and working with it to, to get to the other end. It's like safely. a real immersion, isn't it? Like- 100%, yeah. Because, you know, the, if your mind is not 
in the right place, you can come to grief super quick and uh, be deeply remote and, uh, you know, rescue his days away, literally, in some circumstances. So, yeah, you've got to be. Uh, for me, the, 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 I, I am the most safe if I'm the most connected to myself yeah. and also the landscape but yeah yeah that's um that's a whole sort of delving into the the deeper philosophical aspects of <laughs> spiritual that. evidence I, I, running that's incredible i mean i think more people who can explore who they are and who they are in their space whether wherever that is in the world um and can do it the way you're describing whether they're after an ftk or they just want to um, sorry, FKT, um, or they just want to go bushwalking or do, you know, do some trail running or whatever. I think it's, it's kind of, I often talk in the podcast that we're all made for run, but there are only very few of us who aren't. Not only that, our ancestors, well, that's what they ran in. They ran in outdoors. They didn't run and around inside houses or in gyms. They went and ran basically what you're talking about. They ran trails. They did it for a purpose often <laughs> to run away or to catch something to eat or just to get somewhere else they needed to get to sooner to get away from the weather or whatever. But yeah. it, it's kind of our state. It's, our, it's kind of when we're most likely to be uh, real. I don't know what the words are, but grounded. Yeah, well, we yeah, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> when you're out deep in the bush, uh, yeah, after three, four, five hours and you've got another three, four, five, 20 hours to go, you're laid pretty bare. Yeah. And that is so refreshing because all the crap of all the, you know, society and work and all the pressures are all stripped away. Mm. There's none of that. It's, yeah. it's you, your mates and the bush and survival and thriving in that moment. <clears throat> and, I mean, it is that connection that, uh, and, and, you know, you would have heard me speak of it at, at KMR, that connection is the mental health and well-being aspect that keeps me sane mm. um, and that is the bit I really want to share with um, with the world and reckon the more people that get out and run particularly on the trails in the bush mm -hmm. um, the more people will connect to themselves connect to nature and be kinder to themselves and everyone around them and then a whole raft of issues you know drug and alcohol domestic violence etc 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 or um you know uh, uh, personal health issues start to become a lot easier or start to melt away so um <clears throat> that's one of my or probably is my fundamental um driving force in everything that i do around trail running with the events and churchill fellowship and mm. you know starting the tassie trail running association a few years back and all that sort of thing of sharing these benefits sharing the connections so that um or opening the door to hey there is this connection that anyone absolutely that's, anyone can have that's the bit that Definitely. i just go oh that's right anyone can do it like pretty much anyone can just step out the door and <laughs> It's there waiting for you. It's not yeah. all, it's, you know, as we said before, it's a bit like um, going to the bathroom and grabbing, grabbing your toothbrush. It's it's there and you should be just yeah. taking advantage of it. Um, Absolutely. For all those reasons, the, the mental health stuff is, um, I don't think it can be understated. I think every every therapist and mental health professional should have it as part of their tool 
box that they hand out uh, when they're dishing out other advice. Which yeah, well, I, I think they are um, starting to do that. Well, certainly overseas and awesome. yeah, adventure therapy is definitely a thing. It is being prescribed, maybe not by mainstream, um, med, you know, medical or GPs, Western medicine, whatever it is. But um, no, I do know in the in the UK at least, and I'm not, you know, I'm not in touch with all this. I don't really, really know, but <clears throat> I have heard that um, that that uh, you know, modern medicine is starting to prescribe it, and there are definitely adventure therapists um, out there, and and they're seeing um, some pretty pretty awesome results. I love that. I've been playing with the term running therapy. I'd never heard adventure yeah. therapy. That's really cool. I love that. <laughs> I know um, the neuroscientists have done a whole bunch of studies now to show that when we're running, the things that are going on with our uh, neural pathways look pretty much exactly the same as when you're meditating. Oh. So, I mean, there's actually physical proof. It's amazing what the health um, world doesn't know <laughs> about this body that we've always had, but there's physical proof that yeah, it's really good for your mental health. Like it's just, and it's it's building new neural pathways. When you go running, you're actually building new neural pathways as well. So cool. There's no reason not to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> Obviously. Um, okay, so you moved back to Hobart. Was that for was that for work or I know you oh, no, nah, no, nah, for life, you know. This is yeah. man, my roots are here. I'm deeply grounded you know like growing up on the foothills of of the mountain here it was and you know having a strong you know network of mates still here and family etc it was <clears throat> it was always a matter of when not if and yeah. I'm surprised it took so long to be honest but uh yeah no just so stoked to be back and and having such a like knowing that my feet have just landed so firmly and um you know, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. The world really opens up as to what what you want to invest your time in. And so, you know, the KMR and the other events that we do is it's a really long-term thing for us, you know. I, I want to be, um, you know, uh, sharing these benefits with Tasmania and the world for decades, really. So um, <clears throat> super stoked to be home and... Uh, Tassie is, uh, and and Hobart particularly with this on our doorstep, is just such a trail running playground. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm sitting here uh, on the Tamer River on the West Tamer, looking out across the uh, well. Looking, I can't think of the Aboriginal name of the Tamer River. I feel really bad now. Anyway, looking across the Tamer River up into the mountains um, as well, across um, Ben Lomond and and uh, Mount Arthur and Mount Direction and all of that. And I often think, you know, wow, we've got so much awesomeness that I can see just out the window. So it's funny, I'm watching you. Nobody else can see that because this is an audio, but you keep looking out the window. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my, my window's yeah. right there. But you keep looking out this window up at your mountain. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. No, we're so lucky all across Tassie. Um, and, you know, a lot of places across Australia and the world, really, mm. that, um, that there are trails just out a lot of people's back doors um so uh they're, cl they're often closer than you think that's true just gonna go look we um years ago when the our kids i've got five kids but um the 19 year old i told you about is the youngest so but years ago we used to take the kids out and do geocaching and it was a great way to find like local parks and trails you didn't you didn't know existed because we don't live in the city we live out in the country and 
yeah, you didn't even know that these things existed. They were all in your environment, but it was it was a great way to explore. I loved that. So <laughs> that's one that's one thing people can do: get out and do some geocaching if they don't want to go for a long run just yet. Um, are you what work are you doing in Hobart? Are you just venting? <laughs> what are you doing? What's your yeah, no, we'll still, um, <clears throat> yeah, the trail running events don't really pay the bills. That's um, <laughs> fancy. It's a labour of love. It's a, you know, it's a, it, it is a community service that I'm really, uh, you know, Passionate grateful about. to um, to be able to have the opportunity to do. So, no, still engineering um, three days a week, and okay. thanks to my employer for allowing me to to do that. So that That's you know, awesome. the other two days a week and most weekends is is <laughs> done on the the trail events, and also trail maintenance. So the trails don't maintain themselves. And um, whilst um, Hobart uh, Council does some really great work on the front half of the mountain, the whole back um, half is managed by Parks and Wildlife and, yeah, they're a bit resource poor and focused yeah. elsewhere. So uh, um, we maintain all those trails out the back there that are on the, um, the, the, the um, KMR routes anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, there's a bit of work that goes into that as well. Oh, wow. I'll have to come back and do the longer one next year. I need some more training. <laughs> it's a bit of a beast. <laughs> it did look that way. But anyway, um, so what does your running, like your personal running, look like now? Like, Yeah, well, on my Churchill Fellowship, like I love, mm. so Triple Top Mountain Run in um, mm. Sheffield in northern Tassie is a 19K. I've done uh, that lots of times. Very technical mountain run with a, you know, thousand meter descent or something like that in the last few K. Yeah. That is my perfect run. Absolutely. I love, love that it. too. Like, that's like, I'm, I'm much older than you. I got with the first oldest woman, <laughs> like old woman, because I don't think there was anyone else in my Congrats. age. In my 50, yeah. like, anyway, I, but I had done it in my twenties and thirties as well. Um, but I can remember, I hadn't done it for years and coming down that screen that you're talking about, um, I just, thought of myself as a monkey and I was control falling and I just I passed all these people it was amazing mm -hmm. I, was, I think I made a trail run that's really my point for that yeah, I, really, I love that it was just awesome anyway yeah. what were you saying <laughs> um well um I love it down here 100% and it's you know it's control falling um one day in adventure ed in year 11 our um teacher I think was hung over and the weather wasn't great so he decided not to take us out kayaking and throw on a movie instead it was some crazy euro um you know fittest person alive um show or something but anyway one of the segments one of the activities they did was a downhill run down oh. scree so small scree loose really loose yep. scree that you can glissade down and it had these big drops in it the people and these guys were just flying down like doing these tumbles and oh, you know wow. jumping launching themselves off these things anyway every every other <clears throat> um activity we did uh with that crew um or with that class and then they were amazed we did other stuff as well every slippery slope became downhill run <laughs> and so um you know ever since then you, you know it was it. i just <laughs> love you know sliding down hills that they do it in wales on, so. what do they do in wales it's called <clears> something there's a name for the one i had someone on the podcast talking about it they yeah. do this deliberate downhill run running oh right oh and, they, and, and no, they roll and stuff as well yeah, like you were saying that's, 
That's crazy. Sorry. <laughs> but we are having a here's here's a, a um, not an announcement, but a a little um, insight into what the future may look like mm -hmm. for KMR or you know a, a, another event. We may be looking at a downhill only run. Oh, I would love a downhill only run. Yeah. <laughs> Who puts those uphills in the way? It's <laughs> yeah. So we have we have the vertical well. kilometer, which is of course just mm. uphill via the steepest mm. route. Why not look at just a downhill? Yeah. No, but sorry, back to the question of my running. What is yes, it? Your running. What, what does it look like? like? Um <clears throat> I um I don't train. That's the thing. You said which that um because uh, yeah, I just get psyched out by training. It just doesn't work for me i just want to have adventures and hang out with people and, and have a good time like that's it so what i try and do is have the next adventure or the next race be the training for the next adventure or race and just have enough wow. in the pipeline that yeah, that's a busy but, uh, time then yeah, yeah <laughs> and it doesn't really work now that i've got a you know i've got a son he's 14 months old so i, I need to still getting still figuring out how this is going to work um mm -hmm. but also uh social runs so uh in 2020 i um <clears throat> uh started a weekly social run with the hobart trail runners and that um that really put into perspective the mental health benefits for people of just mm -hmm. getting out to run so i got heaps of amazing feedback there all, all we did was the same run at the same place, the same time, every yeah. single week. Consistent. So consistency and familiarity. With, with I thought I was going to get real bored real quick because, you know, I'm all about exploring. Yeah. But the social aspect and the benefits there, were, it, like, it was amazing. And then it turned into running benefits as well because I, I could really connect with myself doing this same run every week. Mm. It was a like because it is exactly the same run you really get to know it and hence how you actually feel doing the run you really get to know well how am I actually feeling yeah. inside where consciously you know you you may have some indication due to this pressure that pressure whatever but you I'd really then understand based on the how that run actually felt so anyway That's really interesting, the, so, actually. the social runs have been quite challenging with all the event organizing and um and now um you know baby charlie but that's what i really want to get back into to have at least a little bit of routine of a couple of runs a week of you know your, your, your hour-long run sort of thing um but other otherwise <clears throat> yeah two three or four events a year um so this year i've got well the triple tops are a great one um point to pinnacles always a, a good time um had a massive year last year with the churchill fellowship travel and um didn't run utmb but at, uh ran tromso um uh sky race and glencoe skyline and uh both you know 50k with four and a half to five thousand meters vert so wow. they were they were proper spankings and uh, had a few others but um no what have i got this year uh the guzzler in brisbane 50k there in um in july um and nothing else actually booked in as yet except a um 
uh, a, a solid wilderness adventure run every two to three months. So I've got okay. something planned on the West Coast this month in about three weeks. I better this plan that April. one. Ah, yeah. <laughs> you want to know the month. <laughs> yeah. You might get lost. I talked to, um, I've talked to Sean Kessler. He's the race director, race owner of all those silly runs that came out of West Australia and South Australia, like the ridiculous this and the irresponsible something else, like the, the crazy names. Um, and he's really passionate about all this. He's a very long distance trail running, um, including having very generous cutoffs so that people everybody in some ways can at least do some training I guess to run 100 miles but um to to experience it you know what is it like to run 100 miles in in the wilderness and and be able to you know tick it off rather than not meet the cutoff and things like that so I, I find it interesting um you know talking to you and and what your motivations are for why you you know want to do it and, and they're probably quite similar in some ways in that it, for him, it feels also like for you, a bit of a um, community service type of thing, which I think is is amazing. I wish more of us thought, wish we could do that. I think everybody does actually, but they don't necessarily take action on it. You know, yeah, yeah. I can think no, of great things we could do to help the community, but they never quite get around to it. Yeah. No, I mean, organising events is a huge consumption of energy and mm. resources and time 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 of so many people um it is you know and the, you get the rewards in terms of the feedback from the community um but it does have to be sustainable of course and and um so supporting the volunteers you give so much of their time mm -hmm. but also having the right mix of paid employees um, yeah. to cover the key risks or the key things that um, that uh, need to you know where, where the skills need to be to mm. plan and deliver the the quality and the the experience that runners and and the public and all the stakeholders <laughs> um, yeah. you know it's expect a lot of people to keep happy there um, what came first you're your um the event this event the one we're talking about um the mount kenyani one or the churchill fellowship um both at the same time actually <laughs> so that yeah i uh was i moved back home in 2018 uh, but we're still flying in and out of papua new guinea mm -hmm. uh then end of 2019 i um uh, was was home full time mm -hmm. and had six months off because I hadn't had much time off and five years in PNG was was pretty pretty taxing um, so I had a had a six month sabbatical and that mm -hmm. uh, just aligned with COVID and all the Perfect. things there <laughs> we're all having um, a break yeah so <laughs> I had I had time to a apply for the Churchill Fellowship which which was a bit of a process mm. um, but well worth it and also you know, frame up what the Canadian Mountain Run needed to look like and, and a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of the consultations to get the land managers and, um, you know, council and parks and all of those starting to think about, um, think about supporting because 
initially, and part of the reason why it, it didn't happen for the other event organisers is, um, you know, the uh, trail running was kind of unfamiliar and uncomfortable because, hang on, you're sending what? You're sending hundreds of runners into the alpine landscape where the weather can turn and we've got other people out there that just like enjoying nature for the peaceful serenity that it can be. Um, And it's like, yeah, no, 100% appreciate and understand those things. And, yes, there are mitigations for those concerns and please sit down and listen. So, yeah, we had actually had to activate the tourism industry to see the benefit of what we were trying to do for them to actually, you know, nudge the land managers to sit down and start to want to want to take a seat at the table. Yeah, yeah. I um, was a race director for a couple of years for Convicts and Wenches as well Ah. here. So um, for for. um, for Ian before he passed away and um, he had a lot of trouble convinced from the Philippines when he was, of course, he was living in the Philippines to um, convince parks that each mm. year we had the same conversation. But I, so I, I understand from from that perspective what those conversations can be like. It's just an unusual, you know, that they're not, it's not, um, what's the word? They're not used to the parks being used in that way. So it's a... Yeah. Um, unusual for them and so they don't quite know sometimes what box to put it put it into so when you can bring them in as a stakeholder as you said from the tourism perspective because they are always up for you know how can we get the community more involved in the in the parks and appreciating them and the work we do and all that kind of stuff um you know then then there's that win for them too because hopefully more people will then join up to parks as well so they'll get more funding and goes on and on on. anyway um, the internal machinations of of um, running events especially in the wilderness um and all that that risk management stuff too it's got huge uh, huge things there anyway don't want to talk about that (laughs) it's like a big rabbit hole having um you know helped with Launceston Running Club for many years we do 20 races a year on the road so the risk management there, uh, it's not quite the same. It's a different risk, obviously, but you've got cars and other stuff, which not so much fun. Yeah. I wanted to ask you what your what the best, like a lot of people, well, there'll be people who didn't don't know what the Churchill Fellowship is, but just tell us a little bit about what that meant, like what that process was, why you went through it. How it, To me, I know what it is, and I know it's really exciting what you did, I want other people to know what you did and how exciting it is and all of that. So what did you learn from it? What are your learnings? All that kind of stuff. Whatever you want to tell us about the Churchill Fellowship experience. Yeah, cool. Well, hang on. That's uh, almost hell. That's everything. (laughs) (laughs) Another podcast. Um, Yeah, well, I'm still writing my report. That's for sure. Um, But I've uh, presented to um, the Australia New Zealand Sustainable Trails Conference last year in November. Um, Basically, so starting from the beginning, Churchill Fellowships um, have been around since the 60s, since Winston Churchill passed away and um, and a fund was raised in in his honour, in his legacy um, for uh, Australians and it's set up in the UK and I think New Zealand as well, but um, for Australians of any walk of life to travel internationally for a 
for any topic whatsoever that they are deeply involved in, deeply passionate about, and can bring back benefits for the community from mm. their learnings. Mm. So very suitable for people who are already involved in their communities mm. in a particular topic or field, whether that's your um, your profession or not. So, um, you know, for me as an engineer, my engineering job was you what you where what topic yeah. and anyway now they understand but um <laughs> makes you good uh, at organizing stuff maybe i don't know yeah. at, at risk mitigation maybe <laughs> yeah. um and so my topic was to explore the key features and benefits of epic trail running destinations so i um the trail running community gathers at events so mm -hmm. i chose or tried to put together an itinerary of the most prestigious or, or amazing events um and also uh sky running events because that's what i love to run and um you know the mountains so um i went to hard rock in colorado in the us mm -hmm. um norway uh, to tromso for the sky race there which i ran then sierra zanal in in switzerland that's been going for 40 or 49 years. Uh, UTMB, obviously the world's biggest and most prestigious trail running event, over 10,000 runners. Um, did a couple of small local um, runs in around that. Then I went to oh, Italy to the World Sky Running Championships. So wow. was um, supporting our Australian team there and uh and did run myself and then um and actually would have placed in the top i think top half of the actual world champs oh, if wow. i had of they competed uh, maybe i didn't get that right maybe it was top two-thirds anyway i, I was impressed it sounds amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but obviously i wasn't in the Australian team I was just a you know a, an average participant yeah. um then went to the UK so Glencoe Skyline and then a, a local fell race in in the UK fell so, running that's what it's called sorry just to go right back to what we we're talking about going down hills and in Wales fell uh, running. yeah 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 running down hills and stuff down the fell yeah no um it's interesting over there so fell running is a uh, it's very historic you know first mm. sort of recorded in the um turn of the 10th century oh, wow. uh, uh, as um, a competition of um farms for their messengers to how long is it going to take them to get the message to to oh, the wow. other valley to the other farm so it's a direct line up and down okay. over the mountains basically and so fell running is is all about um taking the pass you know taking the direct route or going to the top of that mountain then across to the top of this one and then back down and by whatever route or the most direct route or, or that sort of thing the fell running association is um strictly uh non-commercial and there are you know all the fell running events which they uh, then sort of certify or support mm -hmm. are strictly on a non-commercial basis so trail running in the uk is considered different to fell running where fell running is often not on any marked or formed yeah. trail at all <clears throat> trail running is always on formed trails and of yeah. course can be um commercial events so i mean what did i learn uh, far out heaps now 
um, to try and just grab a couple of snapshots, but um, it was all about the features and benefits of trail running. Now, the benefits were really similar the world over. You know, the mental health and well-being, the community building aspect, um, and uh, economic um, aspects from tourism of events of people um, going to those locations for events and then being becoming known as a trail running mecca or, or a, a trail running destination for people then to travel outside of events, whether that's through an organised tour or not, um, uh, to, yeah, as a place to go and run. So Chamonix in France is a classic example, yeah. obviously has UTMB, but is also, you know, a trail running mecca and there's heaps of tours going on there and heaps of access and, and all these sorts of things. Now, um, <clears throat> the features, well, that's, we already started to uh, just delve into that just then, but what makes a great trail running destination, A, has an epic event like a UTMB, um, but also has ease of access and good tourism services. So, mm -hmm. you know, a variety of um, accommodation options, food and beverage, mm -hmm. you know, if you need gear, so retail, um, good, transport? yeah, good transport, uh, trail signage, maps, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. and, and also local community was a huge one of what makes it an amazing trail running destination um, where you see a whole heap of friendly people out on the trails and there's local clubs, which, you know, social clubs, which you can just rock up to and, and, and meet crew and then head out onto, um, um, you know, other uh, um, runs just with the people you meet. Mm. So a quick comparison of like Zermatt, um, which is the, the town in Switzerland just under the Matterhorn, um, compared to Chamonix. So Zermatt has more mountains than Chamonix surrounding it yeah. with just as many epic trails, if not more, um, and just as epic uh, mountains, but it's at the end of the access is horrible because you're at the end of a, of a train line which and you can't really drive in there. And, um, and yes, it's highly um, touristy, but it's quite expensive yeah. overall because of the access and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's epic to go and run in, but it doesn't have much of, well, not that I saw much of a local trail running community, um, whereas Chamonix has really easy access, uh, you know, train services right there, so close to an international airport, heaps of accommodation options, lots of great watering holes and, you know, yeah. uh, cheap supermarkets and all that sort of stuff. Um, and it does have a strong um, French and um, uh, English-speaking trail running community there. Mm -hmm. So... That's sort of an overview of what makes a great trail running. Oh, there's so many other aspects. Mm -hmm. So many other aspects. I mean, how the land managers manage their trails and understanding familiarization and respect of trail runners as a, mm -hmm. as a user group. Um, and a, a big takeaway was maintaining trails and access and trailhead infrastructure providing that um, as a fit for purpose to suit demand mm. approach. 
rather than in the US to some degree, but definitely in Australia, we're more seem to be heavily focused on restricting access and well, you know, we're not main, yeah, not maintaining tracks, like deliberately not maintaining tracks, not providing um, trailhead infrastructure, not providing signage, all this sort of stuff to try and restrict the amount of people. Um, it it doesn't really work here much. It just increases risk from my mm. perspective. So are they um, doing it from the perspective of um, the least, the less people that we get out there, the less likely there'll be things going wrong that we'll have to fix. The less, or and also protecting, or they feel protecting the environment. Are they the, uh, the things arguments that they use? Yeah, definitely. On, um, yes, on on both of those accounts. But um, you know, the demand is there, and it's it's only going to increase. And it's you know, there are circumstances non-trail running so um rafting the colorado river for example has a, a, a permit system and yeah and, and permit systems can work but the if people who want to go and circumvent the the, mm -hmm. the system anyway the what i from a trails perspective if the trails and trails head infrastructure is um provided and maintained fit for purpose to suit demand then there's less issues mm, less impact and the environment um less exactly, likely less. of risk um to the people who are going to go out and do it anyway <laughs> for example yeah i assume mm. yeah but it's it's you know there's every location is different and that's due to its history and culture and how they got to where they are so australia our systems and how we've got to where we are is a lot more similar to the US compared to Europe um, in terms of, um, you know, colonisation and legislation and those sorts of things and, and, and native title and um, also land management. Whereas uh, in Europe, um, you know, the lands themselves have been either developed or, or utilised, um, even though a lot of them are still uh, very wild. They have been used for, for agriculture um, for uh, for centuries, mm. um, and the all the trails <clears throat> in Europe are managed as roads because oh. managed as transportation wow. infrastructure. That's because amazing. that's that's how the farmers, you know, got used their, to get with their bullocks and their whatever transport. Yeah, wow. yeah. and to get to the ne next town. So that's quite a different concept or, or, or mindset yeah so i mean there's the churchill fellowship was was an overview it was very broad brush of yeah. arriving in a, in a location connect with people around the event try and meet as many of the different you know stakeholder groups as possible that being event organizers land managers governments mm -hmm. tourism organizations local clubs runners um whether they are rec recreation runners elite runners um local residents non-runners and local business so there was a whole raft of people of just them, yeah. and and i didn't get to meet with everyone in every location but really just to get a sense of right what 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 is it about this location what is it about chamonix mm. that makes it just so epic 
And the key, the, the top three takeaways is um, epic landscapes, obviously, mm. strong local community, um, which is enabled by good services and um, transportation mm -hmm. and the like, and also enabled by supportive land managers who, who want to allow people's connection and recreation in, in, the, in the wild lands. Yeah. So, um, and what's the other one? Oh, an anchor event and, and you know, a world-class event that everyone travels to yeah. and, and that gets that place on the map. I love it. So, so you're going to make Hobart that? Ah, oh, maybe. <laughs> Time <laughs> will all, tell. All of Tasmania, because <laughs> it's quite yeah. small. Like some of those places, actually, Europe's pretty small. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean, like... you know, if, definitely. Look, from a tourism perspective, we want people to travel to um, Tasmania to, to Hobart for mm -hmm. KMA. And then stay a week or two or five and travel the rest of Tassie and, and go and play ones. on all the other epic mm. places have, yeah. Mm. I love it. And, oh, and do so respectfully. Yes. And so, you know, that edu I won't no, education's the wrong word. Just from opening that door to connection and then, you know, people naturally sort of connection just translates to respect from what I've seen. Yeah, respect is a really good word. I was just, because education feels like it's something you're pushing out to people as opposed yeah, to exactly. people being immersed. It's kind of that immersion thing as well that you were talking about, yeah. the respect and immersion, which maybe mm. the respect comes when you are immersed in those kind of yeah. environments. Um, yeah. yeah. I love that. I do too. You've just articulated. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So opening the door to connection. Write it down for your uh, notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Opening the door for connection to invite immersion to then um, and, and then respect. allow respect to happen. To develop, uh, which will yeah. happen because that's that's what happens in those environments. Like that's the whole point, as we said earlier about an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And definitely that I saw the world over. Yeah. You know, um, people who froth on trail running really get that. Mm. you know 99 times out of 100 and yeah. and that was that was really cool and that's why i think you know in trail running it's a real it's a tribe it's a family mm. and we're all we're all in it we're all there it's it's awesome it, it, um, so many people on the podcast have talked about who are trail runners i seem to mostly talk to trail runners these days because <laughs> i tend to like that more as well but yeah. uh, it, it seems to me that it it's because we're all out there immersed in that environment, which isn't always a pleasant environment to be in. Like the things can happen and we're there together experiencing it. And you know that the person next to you would help you out should something happen, blah, 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 blah. As opposed to a road run where we're all got to get to that line as quickly as we can. And I'll jump over you if I, <laughs> <they won't. laughs> you know what I mean? There's a yeah. lot more, um, yeah, we're experiencing whatever's going on if it's bad weather or whatever together and it yeah. feels a bit more like that. Um, yeah, well, definitely got to support each other out on the trails because mm. uh, access for emergency services is a very long way away. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. That used to up stress me out when I was race directing. <laughs> I was like, if anybody gets hurt way out there, it's really hard to get through. Anyway, 
etc. Yeah. So I know what you go through to a degree, <laughs> a very small degree. All right, because I've been held you up for ages and because I wanted to have this conversation for ages, I knew that I would get some really good stuff that I wanted to dig into and share with everyone and mostly for my personal reason because it excites me. <laughs> Who cares about anyone else? Um, <laughs> when it comes to you and your running, tell me, I assume you, I kind of feel like, and I do this a bit, say that I think that you would do this, but do you run without any um, audio or anything in your when you're in the trails or are you uh, <laughs> yeah, nah. this is a more practical kind of question yeah no nah, um nature's um more than enough soundtrack yeah for, me, for sure say, yeah it's <laughs> um and i don't know i just uh i really want to connect with you know my surroundings so that i yeah. can um understand it and be as safe as as possible and yeah hearing if I wasn't able to hear my footfall or hear a tree fall mm. um, or hear a car if I have to get near a road or anything like that yeah it, it wouldn't wouldn't work and um I've never actually tried it either to be honest so I've got I've got those bone conducting ones so I can like they don't even sit in your ears they sit so oh. you can actually hear but anyway um that's just an aside what are you thinking about when you're running, I know it was interesting that you said before that you've discovered that, you know, doing these regular runs mm. actually frees you up in some ways. And I thought, cause we talk a bit about mindfulness and mindful movement in the podcast a bit too. Um, and so if you're doing those regular runs and maybe what's freed you up is that you don't have to be thinking, Oh, I don't know what's around the next corner. Cause you do. I mean, <laughs> apart from, you know, things do change, but that, so your mind can you can then you know you were saying you can be more in touch with your body in some ways because you you know how you should feel at this point or whatever because you're not thinking about your environment as much um as because you know you're so familiar with that path um anyway what is, what is going on in your mind when you're trail running it's probably different from when you're running with people versus by yourself um it's Probably fairly similar, to be honest. I mean, as soon as you're running and everyone would, I'm sure, um, would be similar or the same, you just feel free because you you don't have to be somewhere or you, you don't have to be having a conversation with something, with someone about something, you're not working, whatever else. So I find it just really freeing, particularly for your mind to then just start processing things, whatever it might be, and, mm -hmm. you know, often work or family or whatever yeah. um and whether you whether i'm with someone and then having a fully open conversation about whatever it is it's running around in the head or asking them and and allowing them to share and um find um you know with uh particularly with people you don't even really know you can have really great conversations you know, and it's, it yeah. gives people a chance to to open up, and um, yeah, I, I also <laughs> talk a lot about um, my events when I'm running as well. Promotion time. <laughs> Not in a promotion sense. No, it's it's more in a <laughs> helping um, me get through. What do I need to make? What decisions am I making here? Yeah, that yeah, or, or like, oh, we could do this, or we could do that, or the, okay. you know. Um, what do you reckon about this? What do you reckon about that? And and then starting Brainstorming. to plan things. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah, the, we'll do this, we'll do that, blah, blah, blah. Um, maybe I should stop doing that because it just creates more work. 
in the end. Because <laughs> you come up with more ideas and then... Add, adding more things, yeah. <laughs> stop, Lincoln, stop. No more new things. Yeah, but there's so much cool stuff. Um, but overall, definitely just the freedom and allowing things to process. So, I mean, I went for a... Um, I did the KMR mountain run or plan B. Um, mm-hmm. So I just didn't go up to up zigzag to the pinnacle because it was closed. Steep. On last... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was just my memory. It was really steep. Yeah. Um, last Friday, so you know the the, the week after, yep. and I hadn't actually gone for a run for you know weeks really, and I needed that so much mm. just to you know allow my head to do whatever processing it it wanted to do, and so um, you know you always end up after a run just being so much clearer on mm. whatever it was in your head that's been troubling you, you know, I, I just find I'm so much clearer and things seem so much more in perspective. You know, mm. you can really worried about all sorts of things and then get to the end of the run and it's like, well, none of that really matters too much, to be honest, but here is something that does matter and is, is worth the attention or, you know, here's how best to deal with these situations that have been worrying me. Um, and so that they can be put to bed kind of thing so love running for that make me wonder why you don't run every day exactly all right here we go hand up you know we've all got challenges my challenge is to kick my ass out the door so one of the questions i ask on the podcast is how do you motivate yourself to get out the door oh so there's only two things that get me out the door one is a commitment to another person that i am going running with you um Mm -hmm. That commitment is is sacred, so that that will get me out the door. The other one is um, a new adventure, uh, <laughs> and you know the more I run, the more adventures I go on, the less of those sort of appear in a in an or, easily reachable. Yeah, I was um, going to say that just out the door. <laughs> yeah. Um, so no, mainly it's um, I tried for a long time and probably still am to have events that I've registered for as a motivator to to get out and... And, and do that T work that we don't talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, mm. no, nah, it doesn't work. Mm. It doesn't work. I'd... So <laughs> for me, I have two. I have a group of friends and we have a commitment to meet twice a week. So that's how Perfect. I covered that bit. But also um, 180 days away exactly, and I can tell because I have a chart, I'm a tick-off kind of person. Would have been a good star chart person when I was a kid. That's something you might get into in another few years. Um, I've just run 180 days in a row, but the minimum I have to run to tick it off is two kilometres. It could be whatever. But to me, that kept me, that's kept, although it's not exciting, it's not because I'm a bit like you. I'd like, where can I run today that would be exciting? Oh, no, I can't think of any of those places that, you know. So (laughs) anyway, that has worked for me because I've like, wanted to see if I could do that that's just an mm. idea that yeah. and so it's running every day but it's not um you know not every run is an epic run if it's just mm. a, a a 2k jog for me for some people it's 5k or whatever they do when they're doing those um you know running every day <laughs> kind yeah. of activities yeah but it's working because no. I don't want to not like now if tomorrow if I said I don't want to run we are like oh but I've that I've already done 180 I'd have to start from one again yeah playing with my head no that's that's awesome um i'm still yet to find my 
what your trick is. apart from uh, that because you know now with with the baby and the you know the yep. more event organizing um, yeah I've <clears throat> let those uh, stop the social runs or, yep. or you know restrict them and mm -hmm. and so yeah I need to find something else so what I am trying to do is just something every damn day yep. but that's not working either <laughs> I think this. I think this. You know, counting. Maybe if I do that and then count the days, like yes, you've got there, yeah, think, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the running. It could be like yeah, mm. like you said. Depends on what kind of person you are. Obviously, like that kind of reward. I'm surprised I do, but I do, and I keep looking over at it. Like you look at your view. I'm looking at my yeah. chart. Having yeah. <laughs> yeah, counted them off. It feels yeah. good to know that I've done that like that yeah. over and over again. But, but definitely I know what does work 100% is committing to people at, for adventures. So if I yeah. um, was able to commit to someone to go for an epic run every week or even just a, an epic short run every week or twice or three times every week, then, yeah. then that would really work. But um, Yes, but life's not like that right now. And mind you, the other right thing, yeah. being that I'm in my 50s and you are not, I can tell you that there are seasons. You're having yeah. whatever season you're in at the moment, that's a season that you're in, but it's not going to last. Like this too, like it, it doesn't last. Like you'll get into another season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. whatever that looks like for you, then hopefully will be more that you would you want, like whether it's got more running in it. Yeah. And actually one thing, um, you know, having run uh, a couple of 100K, you know, events and then, you know, up to 35-hour wilderness missions, that cycle, like there's three aspects to running for me or three um, aspects to uh, what you need inside yourself to run. One is physical, and that's mm -hmm. obvious. Mm -hmm. The other is um, mental. Mm -hmm. And the third one is psychological. So I think a lot of people just put mental and psychological together. Mm -hmm. um, I separate them and define it by way of all mental is the focus and the grit mm -hmm. that is the the, the mental Stubborn. energy yeah and yeah. and and you need energy to feed that um that that mental side because mm -hmm. uh, as soon as there's you know you've got an energy low that's the first thing that disappears and then the last one the psychological that's the stoke mm -hmm. that you know that's i want to be here because this is awesome um, and you can have less than ideal or far from ideal or even just a bare bones base level of physical fitness. Oh, that's right. There's three types of fitness. That's what I'm trying to say here. You can have bare bones physical fitness, but be tough as nails mentally, and you can still get to the other end of a 50K pretty easy um, if you've got the stoke to do it if you have and conversely if you, you can be as super phys physically fit mm -hmm. as hell but um and only reasonably mentally um fit uh but if you've got no psych or if you allow yourself to psych out it doesn't matter how good you are physically you're cooked you're gone because that mental and particularly the psychological drives how you feel physically so for me, I'm, I'm really heavily weighted on the psych fitness. Mm -hmm. I, I never give enough 
attention to my physical fitness and I just rely on a belief incorrect as it may be a belief that I'm I've got an endless um a bottomless pit of mental energy and and focus um and and so that psych has dragged me through every ultra I've done like I've never like in hindsight once I keep once I kept bonking um you know even in Europe recently I was like what's going on something's actually not working I've actually bonked like super hard on every single ultra um and you know hang on yeah fueling wake up you know start to have a look at that uh properly not just you know half yeah half fast yeah. anyway um and uh yeah so the, the 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 point of this is that's that's how i see fitness is those three three things and um uh, you need a balance of all you do for your best so I have never been as fit as I was at the end of the Churchill Fellowship where I actually averaged around 10k a day across the whole three months of travel and then came and ran triple top and then point to pinnacle back to back here and had the most fun they're both short races you know like three three 19 something and 21 whatever is bothering maybe both 19 anyway yeah two to two and a half hour runs and for me and um I they were the most fun because I just had more condition, like mm. my physical condition. There was no change psychologically mm-hmm. or mentally, but my physical condition was the best it's ever been. And, and wow, I still had legs at the end. It was amazing. And I got to the end. And I was like, oh, I could have gone harder. What? <laughs> I have, um, I've spoken to uh, Kai Bretz, who I don't know if you've heard of him. He's written a book called Turning Right. He's a, a German-Australian who's represented Australia in ultra-distance uh, trails and track stuff. Um, point being, is exactly what he's talking about. It's quite amazing that you that you say that because I've been listening to his book actually while I'm running, um, and it's exactly that that we, our um, our even that our physical stuff even can like it's kind of the same as what you're talking about can get us a certain way, but. Actually, if you don't have what's going on up here, I mean, you're looking at it from the other perspective for yourself. You're like, even though I'm maybe not as fit as I could be, my mentally can get myself through generally. Often the people who are even at elite level, um, if they don't work on their mental stuff, their body might get them there, but their mind's going to stop them before they get to, especially these epic distances we're talking about, you know, mm. the 100 miles of thing. Um, yeah. So it's really worth working on that inner game that you're talking yeah. about. I just, yeah, um, yeah. I love well, that's that. The, that's the attraction for me mm. is that, you know, let's take on something that is just so <laughs> crazy. So silly. And uh, and let's do it. Yeah, let's, let's just, just do it. Let's do it. Let's see. Uh, yeah, anyway. Um, I, I spoke to, I always forget his name, one of Australia's leading um, ultra um distance runners i don't know why i always forget his name anyway pat farmer and he was saying that um for him the reason because i said why do you run these really long silly distances you know for days and days all over the world and he said it's because he really enjoys that process that those long runs pull him down to pretty much nothing they strip him down Mm -hmm. to nothing but by the time they're finished it's built him up again and that's how he described basically the same thing that we're talking about but it's because he's yeah He's able to then build back up into, I guess, he learnt more about himself, blah, 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 by the time he finishes the race. Yeah. Like, whoa, it's kind of yeah. amazing. <laughs> so yeah, we're all going so. on these kind of trips when we do these runs. Um, 
So I've already asked you, oh, okay, that's what I want to ask you. <laughs> How long do you think you'll run for in your oh, life? Well. Now that you're <laughs> Look, um, that's a really interesting question. Mm. Um, I love traversing the landscape and I've, there's this thing called paragliding, which I've never actually done except just one, you know, tandem thing. Mm -hmm. And I've been wanting to jump into that for, for literally decades, mm -hmm. but it's not going to happen, I don't think, until um, my body says it's time to stop running. So I'm kind of looking forward to that point because, you know, it's still traversing the landscape, but in the airscape, I, I guess. Um, so it's a bit of a double-edged um, uh, thought process going on behind trying to answer that question because yeah. um, I guess the answer is I'll, I'll keep running until until my body says it's, it, it's not working anymore. But I, I want to share the love of running and traversing the landscape with my kids. So, yeah. you know, Charlie's only 14 months. So I've got a way to go. You do. <laughs> so, you've got to stick so, at it. So you're going to yeah. be a granddad doing the paragliding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. But then, you, yeah, you need you need a bit of body for landing there as well. Um, so you don't have any fear. You're not, like, scared of heights or anything, obviously. Uh, climbing, climbing another, you know, another reason why I'm not, not too worried about not being a climber anymore is it's pretty dead, um, scary. But no, not afraid of heights. Yeah. 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 I wanted to, and then you want to do the paragliding as well. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You mustn't be too worried about heights at all. <laughs> um. Yeah. All right then. If if you didn't take up running, trail running, what do you think your life would be missing? So what's it giving your life? What's the biggest thing you think that your trail running is giving your life from a positive well, perspective? Trail running keeps me sane. Without it, I'd be a nutcase. And we wouldn't want that. I wouldn't be a nice person. I'd be in the pub all the time. It'd be horrible. Um, so, yeah, the biggest thing that would be missing was connecting to my better self. Yeah. Really. And I get that connection to my better self by connecting with nature and connecting with community connecting with other people who are out there enjoying the same thing so in saying that i can't think of any reason why you're not going out every day yeah good, good yeah sorry did i call you <laughs> <laughs> no that's great i, I love it I don't, I don't know why i'm not going out every day this you know other things get in the way it's a mystery to me can't we all have the same amount of time like I'm, I have, I'm talking to myself. Don't worry. Um, yeah. it's, it, we all do this. We all say it to ourselves. But the reality is, we all have the same amount of time, and we all find time. Yeah, I think it's 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 planning. Mm. Um, and people need to plan in different ways or have different methods of planning their time. Yeah. And uh, apparently, I'm not very good at planning my own time. <laughs> I don't know. We're all different. That's what I mean. Like I, I've had five children. I've run through the whole five children. I've run two businesses, it's volunteered awesome. for a running club, but only now am I running every day. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just Hang saying on, we, we all have, yeah. Little oh, maybe I should, like, I would love to ask you a lot more questions, but no. um, we <laughs> run out of time. Of what? Oh, what's yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a funny world um before we wrap up though now it sounds like i need to wrap you up real quick before you get 
cheeky. Um, <laughs> I'm going to ask you for some tips for beginner runners in a minute. But before I do, is there anything about running in general? Because I have, like all jokes aside, I have kept you a long time. Um, all jokes aside, um, is there anything about running that we haven't talked about that you wanted to share? Oh, um, no, really, yeah, um, just people get out there. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. If something looks like, hey, maybe it would be nice to go and have a look at that, just go and do it. Um, uh, a, a philosophy that I sort of live my life by is when I'm, you know, a granddad and you know towards the end of my life am I gonna yeah yeah, am I going to be happy with what I've done with my life and the the impact I've had on or you know have I delivered have I been my best self you know and and have I actually delivered on the opportunities I've had to support the community to be healthier and more connected with themselves and the environment and all this sort of thing. And that's really, you know, the driver of um, of what I'm doing, mm. I guess. Um, and it's not as scary as it might seem to be. Trails don't roll your ankles. <laughs> so many people say that. Can't run yeah. trails. Yeah, but that trails not the things that roll the ankles. It's, it's um, anyway. I could yeah, go on for ages about stability and, and and all that sort of thing on trails. But um, yeah, it's find or, or connect with your local running groups and and with someone who don't be afraid to ask someone. Hey, take me out for show me what this trail running is all about, um, because the the benefits are huge. They are. All right. So tips for beginner trail runners then. <laughs> yeah, focus. I there there's a um a technique I want to do uh I don't know, something a video on or something um about stability and and it's not the grip on your shoes that create stability. It's your approach to stability and your technique and um uh hips over heels and shoulders over toes going downhill uh and a few other few other things but um you know you can actually i ran the overland track in the middle of winter when we had sheet ice on absolutely everything that could possibly have ice on in um since it's the stuff the hard like they got zero grip on you know, yeah. there's tiny little two, one mil, um, you know, lugs, which were just, you know, um, and I only fell over a couple of times um, yeah. and, you know, was attacking all of, the, of this ice because it was, you know, the, the uh, approach of stability where it's okay to slide. It's having your weight of your centre of gravity over your actual foot that's on the ground to oh. allow that slide and to go with it rather than lean back and heels, you know, feet flipping up and you land on the back of your head and all that sort of thing. Um, don't know if that's really helped any beginners out there. The ones just, that are frightened I'm of just, running in the snow. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
yeah, the shoes don't do the running. You don't need yeah. the most amazing gear. The best thing to do is just get out there, have a crack, and just slowly, you know, slowly test your, test your limits kind of thing uh, and learn from others and be open to, um, open to learning and uh, observe others and how they run in the bush. Oh, and really easy practical one, lift your knees. It's easy to trip what? over a lot of things. I still do. And, and um, yeah, lifting your knees, even when running downhill, to actually lift your foot up off the ground a bit more um, mm. to get your foot over those obstacles that can trip you up. When you see, like, when I saw all those quick runners coming past me last weekend, that, like, they were lifting their legs up, really. Like, and very rapid, mm. obviously. That's why they're so quick. But lifting it, yeah, quite high, I find. Um, that's a very good tip. Yeah. <laughs> and if you try and lift your foot, you'll find it doesn't go very far because it's connected to all these other things and your knees. But if you lift your knee, oh, the foot just comes with it. That's so weird. Like a puppet, yeah. I feel like. <laughs> when you said yeah, it like that, exactly. it made me think like being a puppet. Awesome. All right, um, Lincoln, I have kept you forever. Don't jump off straight away. I'll say goodbye to you off the recording as well. We could, um, and probably should, we could do some kind of series talking about some of these awesome things that you've learned with trail running and where you want to take this. It's very exciting, as you can tell. I'm um, really into it. <laughs> I really want to do more of this stuff as well and get more people doing it like you do so maybe we can join forces somewhere along the track but cool. anyway thank you again i really appreciate it. it's been inspiring really has no worries been. no thanks for um thanks for the invite and the awesome questions and um i always love sharing and hopefully it's been a benefit to your listeners and um yeah let's keep talking we'll get them sure. signed up yeah all right, stay on and I'll chat to you off as well. Thanks for sure. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. For a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit, head over to the website, fitmind.com fitbody.co and I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye.